Hello, friends, and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 117. I am your host, Jesse, the terrible treble Wilson, and with me this week, as always, is Eric 008 Walquist. Ooh. Yeah. Trying out some new nicknames, huh? I'm just going to see what sticks. <laughs> I like Count Basie, personally. Count Basie's good, but it's literally the name of another person. Like, uh, that's a good point. 008 is like a little bit like 007. I just thought yeah. people are going to get James Bond fever in like two weeks. Mm. People are going to go out of their minds for this Skyfall movie. And I'm I trying to get contagious. on. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to jump on the bandwagon. One of my coworkers is going to Vietnam here soon. Mm. And he has to take a pill every morning so that he doesn't get James Bond fever. Oh, I'm sure. Highly lethal. Highly lethal, highly contagious, especially in tropical climates. Exactly. It's the humidity. <laughs> that's that's what does it. How are mm-hmm. you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, uh, you know, just keeping on, keeping on, getting ready for the wedding, doing wedding stuff, getting a lot of stuff in the mail. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, dude, we are going to look sharp. I, I got, like, all of the groomsmen clothes looking super sharp. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I got my my suit yeah? delivered. It's kind of, it's it's kind of shiny, isn't it? It's got a sheen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say shiny. It's just it's it's sharp. It's I like sharp. the angles. I love the angles. Yeah, the angles, the angles are important. Are nice. Yeah, the angles are very important. I also like the uh, the lapels, nice and thin, like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> We're tying it back. What are you uh, What are you drinking this week, man? I'm drinking the uh, winter from Alaskan. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I know. Jesse. You convinced me. I convinced you? No. I just <laughs> I just felt like drinking it. I just felt like drinking it. I, I, you know, I said I needed to wait a week for winter beers, and now, now that week has passed. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I went to the uh, I went to the Safeway, mm-hmm. and uh, this was like the only beer I hadn't tried, so that's what I got. Oh, come on. I mean, I've had it in the past, but... But you got to try the new batch. That's the great thing about seasonals. Exactly. I, I, I don't know how this one will be. And I haven't even tried it yet, so... Oh. Uh, fill some time, Eric. Pretty good. Yeah? I'm okay with it. Good. I, wow. It's got, a, like, a, a lingering... Mm. Like piney, sappy, I guess that would be the spruce tips, but does, does that's actually the, really, really quite good. Does it have the after-after taste? It's got the after-after taste. I love the after-after taste. I think it's, because last year I had this, I think we may have talked about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. and like we couldn't notice the, the spruce flavor, but right. I think they may have doubled down on it this year. Double down the spruce. Man, that's really good. What are All you right. drinking? Uh, I'm doing the Pyramid uh, Snowcap again. I love it. I think it's very tasty. Um, it's got a nice little candy cane flavor. I feel like I'm eating a sweet. And That's I love good. it. Well, it's officially winter here, I guess. It is officially. I mean, it's like cold, man. It's it is like, cold. It's 40 degrees. We had no fall. We went directly from summer. It was summer <laughs> until October 5th, and now it's winter. It's feeling pretty autumnal here over the Olympic Peninsula. Well, yeah, tell the rain, you. you have the rain shadow. Uh well this, so so this week I want to dedicate the episode to a couple of guys who were up to no good they started making trouble in our neighborhood back on episode twenty five now they're BFFs with us and that's Aaron and Gino why because bald move ladies and gentlemen this is amazing we're gonna we're gonna get a sign that says over one million sold we have passed the bald move network has passed the one million download mark and you know we we jumped in right on the tail end of that so I guess it's that's a good place to be. We helped. Yeah, they do all the work. We get all the credit. It's beautiful. But you makes the guy on the the slave ship mm-hmm. that's drumming, right. While everyone else uh, rows. Right, we're the percussionists. Exactly, uh, that's who we are. Um, but we we love it, dude. We love Gino. We love Aaron. I got to give a shout out to Mad Brew as well because he put in a lot of legwork um, getting these TV podcasts off the ground, which is our bread and butter. Um, also, he could. He could like literally kill both of us. Literally kill us. It, not even think about it. Like maybe like if if you hang out with them enough, you you might accidentally just get killed. It's an instinctual thing. It's instinctual and accidental. Um, 
So to all of the accidental serial killers and cult leaders out there who are running the Bald Move Network, this episode <laughs> is for you. Uh, honestly, we could not be prouder of you guys, and we couldn't be happier uh, to be a part of this network. It's really cool, and we feel like we're in a very exclusive group, like Teddy Roosevelt's Hunting Club. Oh, it's super exclusive. I love it. Um, so that's one million, over one million downloaded the Bald Move Network. Um, and we got a few, um, we got a few emails this week. I want to, uh, just highlight a couple of these. Um, definitely need to uh, give a shout out to Jordy up here in Seattle, friend of the show, Jordy Hoyt. Uh, he's saying that Oktoberfest beers are good, but you know what? Uh, winter seasonals are better. And uh, and that it's totally time for some winter seasonals. He also says that I need to try the Elysian or Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. That ship has sailed. Maybe next year. Uh, he also says that a terrible beer that no one would want to drink is the Pyramid Apricot Ale. He, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of that one. I could not agree more. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It was one of the first beers I ever tried. <laughs> no, it seems like a good starter beer. Right? Seems like I, you could slip it I in. I could... I still haven't forgiven my sister. Mm. She was the one that gave me the apricot ale. Yep. I was young and naive. Yeah. And I didn't know any better. And yep. it was disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty uh, – it's it's just not good. And then also Pyramid had that – you know, I mentioned it last week, but the chai wheat, also Ugh. really gross. Yeah. Um, But uh, Jordy also – you know, I've, I've heard about these beer cocktails. Um. I haven't actually had one, but there was like a GQ article on it a while back. Um, you know, I'm staying up on the fashion, so I need to get my hands <laughs> on some GQ when I'm flying around in my uh, in my Lear. Um, but he says there's the banknote blended scotch with arrogant bastard. That sounds amazing. I need that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I want. I it. mean, it's a boiler maker. Is that what it? Is that actually a thing? Yeah, a Boilermaker is like whiskey in beer. What? How have I never heard of this? I learned about it from uh, the hit TV show, Home Movies. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> going to say Home Improvement. Well, I mean, also featured in Home Improvement. Basically home... the same show. Yeah, I mean, Home Improvement's more for life lessons, and then Home Movies is more for drinking advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what TV Guide said, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah... I, I've never had a Boilermaker. I don't think I care to. Oh, I want to. I want it so bad. I like whiskey. I like beer. Yeah. But I also like mayonnaise and I like popcorn, and I'm not going to dump a Dude, mayonnaise, of mayonnaise in my popcorn. That actually sounds pretty good. It, that sounds Ugh. like it could be good. I'm all about mayonnaise as a condiment. That is my European flair. I do love it for dipping. Dipping is great. The fries and mayonnaise, can you get, oh, yeah. can you get enough? I'm but, sorry, but I mean, even ranch can't really hold up to. Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, we're raised I mean, up here in the Pacific Northwest, where the number one condiment is tartar sauce. Mm. So, which is mayonnaise and relish. Yeah, that's like half mayonnaise. Yeah. Um. So Jordy's never had a boilermaker. You've never had a boilermaker. I've never had a boilermaker. Guess what we're doing? Uh, as groomsmen. Oh God. We're making some boils. <laughs> I um, also need to give a shout-out to Levi Reekin, writing in again, gave us some great Back to the Future knowledge last time. This time, giving us some Netflix knowledge. Uh, I mentioned The League last week uh, as, as one of my recommendations. That show was really good, and I finished off the three seasons that were on Netflix. Loved it. He says that if you like another bro show, and I, I put Workaholics kind of in that same realm. Uh, I feel like Workaholics is like the post-college bro show. The League is more the... Uh, 10 years after college bro show. <laughs> but he's saying Blue Mountain State, he was skeptical at first because it's a show about a college football team, and he's the opposite of a, of a football fan, but he says it's chock full of that sophomoric humor and borders on the absurd. Sounds a lot like uh, Workaholics and, and The League, but this one's actually in college. Hmm. So maybe those are all just sequels of each other. You know, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. It could be one continuous storyline. That's true. Uh, he also says check out Luther... And uh, and also Sherlock, which are also on Netflix. Those are some great BBC shows. Uh, of Luther stars Idris Elba, who's one of my favorite actors. I said that he should play Bronze Tiger in the Suicide Squad movie that's in my head. Uh, <laughs> but he's also in Prometheus. He was in Thor. He's, he was on The Wire. He's a great actor. Um, he was in Rock and Rolla, which is a Guy Ritchie movie that nobody saw. 
Um, and also Sherlock, which uh, I'm I'm also intrigued by. So check those out on Netflix. But speaking of BBC shows, we also got a we also got an email from Ollie James out there in London, UK. He says he's a big fan of the show. Oh, I'm sorry, I need to read this in his voice. Hey guys, I'm a big fan of the show. Started listening recently, and I've been listening to the back catalogue, and I'm really enjoying it. It's left a, I just left a review on the UK iTunes, which I think might be your first review on there. So I have made history. Keep doing what you do. Peace out, Ollie James, London, UK. So uh. we just lost Ollie as a listener. Um, but we're on the UK iTunes, so I don't know. That might be a trade-off. Yeah. Why does, why does the UK have its own iTunes? I don't know. That's really weird to me. I feel like we could probably share. (laughs) We could probably share iTunes. Well, you know, Ollie, uh, I want, I would love it if Ollie gave us a little, uh, a little update on the NFL in London this week, because apparently it's like a crazy thing over there when they play the London game at Wembley. Um, that would be so fun to go to. It would be super fun, and they're playing the Rams. So like, it's the Patriots and the Rams, which are two teams I despise. Yeah. Uh, so just anyway. think about it. It's it's really fun if you want both teams to lose because, you know, I don't know how to watch those games, Eric. Yeah, it's, it's that was like super that Super Bowl the Cardinals versus Steelers. Oh no! Obviously, you root for the Cardinals. Well, there. you got to, but every but every other game, you hate the Cardinals. True, but yeah. okay. So it's more like this last Sunday, I watched Patriots versus Jets. Yeah, I hate the Jets. Why do you hate the Jets? Because I I hate Rex Ryan. What? I don't know. I I just find him anyway. But like, mm. I found myself rooting for the Jets, and yep. I felt conflicted because, like, traditionally I hate the Jets, yeah. and I was pretending like, you know, I like the uh, I like the Patriot throwback uniforms. They so were I'm cool. gonna root for the Patriots, but then like secretly all game, <laughs> I was rooting for the Jets, well, and I felt like I was betraying myself. It's crazy to me, dude, because I used to, I actually used to kind of like the Patriots, like. I felt like Tom Brady was kind of a, a hard guy not to like because he kind of does everything right. He's married to a supermodel. He's kind of like a, he's kind of like a, an alpha male, right? And then you That's have why I hate him. Well, I know, but then then and then like in every Super Bowl that they played in, I was rooting for I was rooting for the Patriots. As soon as the Seahawks played the Patriots, I realized why everyone hates the Patriots. Like they're just awful people. Like yeah, like you know Tom Brady, he gets like he gets like flicked from a defensive lineman and he like falls over and he gets, uh, uh-huh. he like, he's and, and he, roughing the passer. He, yeah. Roughing the passer, roughing the pass. And then, and then Bill Belichick, give me a break, dude. Has anyone ever, he, he just like Pete Carroll is like such a raw, raw guy. He's like running all over the field, slapping people on the back. Bill Belichick looks like he has a terrible, terrible anal fissure that will not heal. <laughs> and he's just like really focused on this like the entire time. Anal Fisher is a great name for a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jesse. Anyway, we, we should move. Yeah, on. we need to do a little tiny Matt roll off. <laughs> I agree. But Ollie, please let us know what the uh, what's going on in London. I, I I listened to this podcast today, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, it's just crazy. Like everybody goes nuts for this thing." And I'm really skeptical of that. I feel like that's it, it would be like, you know, like you know, it'd be like if if Liverpool played. Uh, played Manchester United in New York, yes, there would be people who were excited about it, but the majority of the people really don't care. I think that analogy is 100% apt. Yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 do a little tiny man roll-off. What do you say? I say I just rolled, Eric. Okay. I rolled a 19. Oh, Jesus. What is it with these rolls? All right, I'm going to roll 20 today. We'll see who gets to talk first, and I rolled a 7. So, Jesse, you get first topic. What are we talking about this week? Well, I want to discuss uh, something that's been coming up in the headlines uh, on Reddit and in the New York Times today, mm-hmm. which is uh, the livelihood of a little company, a game company called Zynga. Oh, yeah. I was hoping you'd talk about this. Because everyone is saying it, – it, everyone's making it sound like Zynga's on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Creators, of, if you didn't know, Creators of Farmville, the popular Facebook uh, app, I guess you would call it. It's a social game. <laughs> I think this is the correct term. Okay, it's a social game. Yeah. Where uh, you uh, have a farm 
and grow things on it and uh your friends are involved that's what makes it social dude i don't like i play i I literally tried to play farmville i was like what's all the hype about i'm bored it's a sunday afternoon i'll see what farmville's about i played it for like two hours and then i was like this is this is not fun at all i i got i got a little caught up in it yeah but i didn't even get caught up in farmville Uh uh-huh I got caught up in Farm Town. Oh, Farm Town. Which, obviously, the knockoff. I didn't know which was which. <laughs> and what was Farm Town? Is Farm Town, is that still Zanga, though? I don't think so. <laughs> That's a completely different company. Yeah, it's, it's oh, like man. one of the, the bastardized offspring. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But uh, so they lay, they've been laying off people, mm-hmm. you know, in an effort to, I guess, uh, minimize loss. And people seem to be saying like Zynga's on the ropes. They're they're down and out. But right. I'm I'm not totally convinced because um, from this New York Times article, they say third quarter revenue was 317 million, an improvement over the 300 million to 305 million the company forecast in early October. Huh. When it warned that tough times were ahead, three hundred and seventeen million dollars, Eric. Yep, that is a lot of money for a company that I don't think has a huge overhead. Well, they had this, so that they just shut down three studios, or they, so they shut down the Boston studio, the the Austin studio, and one other studio. I can't remember where the third one was. Another one of those trendy cities, one of those techie cities. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, shutting those down, that's going to save some cash, but it seems like they're consolidating a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely consolidating, but I mean, $317 million for one quarter. Yep. That, I mean, pretty good stuff. Over a billion a year, like, mm-hmm. that's still a, that's like a juggernaut. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't always you can't always say, well, we made a ton of money this quarter, so that means we're really good. Because it is about that annual bottom line. And perhaps they made all that money this quarter and uh, you know, next and they are a publicly traded company, so next quarter they're going to be expected to meet or exceed that number or else they're going to lose stock, right? Right. Yeah, that that's where it gets kind of Yeah. This crazy is crazy. This me. is where companies like get away from their actual mission of the company and then just start catering the stockholders. And that's when crappy things happen with companies. Yeah. I guess it's like they're, they're being, they're being thought of as like a, a flailing company, even though they Mm. are bringing in $300 million a quarter or more, which is a ton of money. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think it's because when they went public, like, People bought in and thought it was going to be the next like huge thing, and it's mm. similar to the Facebook stock. As soon as it doesn't do as amazingly as everyone expected, like immediately the media says like they're done, like they're struggling, right. and they're like there's no future for them. Right. Well, it's it's really interesting to me. I was I was thinking about this today because I'm getting to the age where. Uh, you know, I'm getting in the, I think it's about time for me to start looking at stocks and like figuring out what companies I'm going to invest in. Um, you know, it would have been great to be like 1998, put all my money in Apple stock and have like millions of dollars right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people can get really wrapped up in, and, and this may just, this may just be complete ignorance on my part, but if I'm going to invest in a company, I want to believe in that company and know that they're going to make a lot of money. They have a good business model and that that's a safe place to put my money, right? And I think that a lot of people do stocks in terms of like, I really need to diversify my portfolio and make sure I have an oil stock and a tech stock and a car stock and a, you know, and, and I, need, I just need to fill in these little holes like they're playing fantasy football when <laughs> I think people should be looking at, well, there are actually companies out there that are making a ton of cash, and right. those are probably good monies to in, or good companies to invest in. Uh, you know, I th- this came to mind today because I was on the Engadget website and uh, you know just checking up on the tech. Um, and you know, you might think that that that, that three hundred million dollars sounds awesome, um, but there are some companies out there that are blowing that out of the water. Uh, there's 
there's uh well Broadcom, uh, which is a company doing something somewhere. It's probably something with like a cable company in London. I have no idea what it is. But they saw two hundred two point one three billion dollars in sales in quarter three this year. Wow. Yeah. So you're not saying it's not just profit. It's like this is this is a huge thing. And uh, and then there's this other company called uh, AT and T. They're consistently pulling in billions of dollars in profit each quarter. In quarter two, they sold 5.1 million smartphones and they made 6.8 billion dollars in pro- in profit. Think about that next time that you give them a bill for over a hundred dollars. They are like just printing money. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. So you know, I I think that quarterly reports are a little thing, and like it. I'm sorry, but it must have been totally planned that they were going to say that they made less. They were expecting to make less money than they actually made. Like that's just a tactic that companies do. It, it really is. So people get more excited about the success of this company. But it is really perplexing to me that they made that kind of profit and then they closed three studios and laid off over 100 people. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't understand how you justify that. uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess their success has always come from just a couple of pretty easy to program games that really took off. Yeah, and they also they bought uh, the guys who made uh, Draw Something. Yeah. So I think maybe they're going to start branching out and being more of a venture company instead of a like an M and A company instead of a uh, we're going to develop all of our stuff ourselves. But yeah, I I think that'd probably be a pretty good move because yeah. honestly, I think they just got lucky with the whole Farmville thing. Well, you know, they got in early. They got in they got early, in early. And, and and that's that's what you got to do. They they are trendsetters. I mean. They had all these crappy games a long time ago. They figured out a way to make really shitty games and get a lot of people to play them. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. I, I, I just don't understand the business model. Like, I've never been playing a video game and been like, you know what would make this video game a lot more fun? If I pestered all of my friends to give me things in it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, like, if there was an automatic thing where all of my friends could get texted and they say, hey, Eric needs an assault rifle for Halo. I'm sure that that would make the game more fun for me and a lot more fun for everybody that I know. Well, the thing is, though, with those games, I think, like, especially those games where you, like, do something and then have to go back and check to see it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is what Farmville is. Like, you plant your crops and you know they're not going to be ready for two hours, so you leave, but the whole time you're kind (laughs) of thinking about it. And then you come back and check it and you're like, yeah, my turnips are ready. I'm going to sell them. Like that's doing something to your biochemistry where mm-hmm. you're like yeah. being rewarded and like there's this delay and then you're rewarded and you feel good about that and you do something else. And it gets to a point where like with anyone who's addicted to anything, like mm-hmm. you'll do anything it takes to get that next little bump of serotonin or whatever. Yeah. And that's when you start pestering your friends. Well, yeah, I guess it's they were basically, you know, they're tapping into the same things that make MMOs so successful. Uh, that 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 Except ongoing fun. world, yeah. But they did it in a way that's, you know, my cousin is not going to play World of Warcraft, but she has no problem pestering me to help her build a fence in Farmville. Exactly, and you in know? a way that's like that's kind of like, I mean, she's she's pestering you for that because she wants that. She like mm-hmm. she wants to trigger that serotonin level or whatever what? it is, and like uh, now that's affecting your life. I mm-hmm. think we need to get some intervention up in this. Well, I think so. like, it, Nana, <laughs> we need to sit you down. You have a Farmville addiction, right? I, you know, it's it's crazy because you are actually like annoying your friends. Like this is <laughs> it's affecting my life, Nana. Always... I can't even log into Facebook. <laughs> I log into Facebook. I see the thing in the upper left corner that's red with the number three in it. Uh-huh. And I think there's three people that want to have a real interaction with me. <laughs> and it's just you trying to get me to get you like the the super troweler. <laughs> yeah. I the can't John Deere special. I can't unfriend you. You're my Nana. But please. <laughs> Like, I, it, if you don't stop, I will unfriend you, Nana. You know, people. I'm sorry, it has to come to this. <laughs> you know, people. Uh, you know, people like to say that there's all these violent ramifications of video games. I think that this like 
pestering is much more affecting on a society. Oh this, yeah. Like in this like uh this this systematic pestering uh this you know it, it's it's much more affecting in a society than somebody playing a violent video game. How many millions of man hours have been lost in this yeah. country? <laughs> oh my god, I don't even want to hear. You know, <laughs> uh, just just to highlight this uh Facebook by the way, we talked about it. It, it did have a big 25 it had like a 25% uh jump in their stock this week which is kind of crazy had a little bump yeah got a little bump they're still you know they lost 50 percent of their stock value after it went after their ipo so they haven't even gotten back up to that level yet but uh they lost 59 million dollars in quarter three uh <laughs> even though they have 1.1 billion active users that's one seventh of the world's population that's insane it's crazy and they uh I've it's, never given them a dime, though. So. Well, yeah, they said that their revenue climbed to one point two six billion, but it's kind of hilarious because, uh, <laughs> so uh, the company posted a three point three hundred eleven million dollar profit last quarter, but they forgot to like have their accountants actually figure out like taxes and stuff Uh-oh. on that profit. So it's actually a fifty nine million dollar loss. Whoops. Yeah, that's what. You see. There was a Conan O'Brien tweet the other day mm-hmm. that was, uh, I just ate 38% of my kids' oh, yeah. ice cream to teach them about taxes. Yeah. I, I, it's just funny to me because there is nothing, there is nothing that indicates to me that Mark Zuckerberg is a good CEO. Like, he, <laughs> but he kills his own meat. He kills his own meat. He's, he's this college kid who came up with a website and it got huge. He's basically Penny Arcade, but he... <laughs> I, there's nothing that indicates to me that he's a good CEO at all. I don't know why you would give your money to this guy. The the Penny Arcade guys are much better. They are much better. At their business than Mark They Zuckerberg. should swap. No, they shouldn't swap. <laughs> they shouldn't swap. Pax would be the most annoying thing ever. If Zuckerberg <laughs> <ran it. laughs> all right. Well, uh, is that about it for you? Got anything else on this? It. All right. I'm done. Well, I'm, uh, this week I'm going to talk a little more Halloween-y topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna whip the Halloweeny out a little more, uh, and uh, I want to I want to talk about some classic tropes. Um, Chilean so, miners are they still in? I don't think so. I, we're not gonna talk I'm gonna about. Be a Chilean miner this year. Yeah, it's great. I'll, you be a Chilean miner. I'll be a Somali pirate. It'd be very topical. <laughs> uh, so we uh, so. As you know, there's a big vampire thing going on right now. It's sparked by Twilight, correct? You know, uh, this whole thing where Twilight, where vampires are cool. And it was, it was kind of where zombies were a few years ago. I think Walking Dead might be bringing that back. But def- Walking zombies are definitely a different thing. But every, every once in a while, these monsters kind of take over pop culture, right? Right. And uh, so I wanted to take a look at this and do a little speculation um, as to... Uh, you know, I think we're a little over. I, I don't think I'll ever be completely over zombies. I feel like zombies definitely took a drop when every game had a zombie DLC attached to it. But I really do think The Walking Dead is, are pulling zombies back into uh, some coolness. And there's also some really cool games out there. Uh, zombie Apocalypse is a new game, board game that's just out that everybody's raving about. Um, but uh, in terms of vampires, I feel like vampires are going to be on this cycle. Um, and I think we need to predict the next cycle and kind of, uh, kind of, uh, put our two senses as to what we want to see, uh, this pop horror, uh, uh, kick to go to. Okay. Mm. Um, so I want to draw on the classic universal studios monsters and I just want to do kind of a little rundown of these and I want to have a discussion around what we think uh, would make the coolest monster going forward. So, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the, the classic Universal Studios monsters, uh, they're a bunch of, they're based on a bunch of movies, uh, that came out from like the 1920s to the 1950s. Um, and, uh, and they include, uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, um, the invisible man, the bride of Frankenstein and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Also throw in there Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Phantom of the Opera pre-musical. Okay. Now, Hollywood hasn't given up on these guys. The Mummy was, uh, you know, obviously resurrected by Brandon Fraser in that 
<laughs> trilogy. I actually, I liked the first one. The second one was a little kooky. Then you had the spin-off, The Scorpion King. I like du- Scorpion King. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's pretty good stuff. And then which it was basically Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had and then you had the Mummy 3, which I didn't even watch. It was it had like Yetis in it. it took yeah, I never saw that one. Um, is that the one where it was like the clay soldiers? Yeah, it was took took place in China. Right. Um so that's happening. Uh but but they keep doing it. So they're actually going to be re restarting the Mummy series. They're going to be redoing it in modern times and the guy who directed Underworld is at the helm. Um right. Dracula they, this is something they keep coming back to. I mean Van Helsing could be definitely associated with that. Also there's a new Dracula movie that's starring Russell Crowe which is in the works and it's being directed by Eli Roth who did Hostel and is uh is is Quentin Tarantino's BFF. Um <laughs> they're making a new Frankenstein's TV series that's coming out. Uh, the Invisible Man, obviously, there was the Kevin Bacon movie uh, that was based off of that. Um, they're even making a Creature from the Black Lagoon movie that's in the works. But, Jesse, I just want to see, did any of these tick- tickle your fancy? And do you think you could do anything with any of these monsters that would actually be interesting and not just a rehash of the same old, same old? The Mummy. The mummy, mummy, I think, is the most interesting. Why? Uh, you got a lot of factors you can play with there. One, you got ancient Egyptian culture, which is cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. And kind of an anomaly in, like, Western history. Yep. Like, definitely, uh, it's, like, whenever you do, like, a Western history, like, high school course or whatever, you mm-hmm. start with the Egyptians, right? Right. But, like, they're totally divorced from, like, uh, Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. Because, you know, they predate it. So it's like kind of its own unique kind of cool thing that is really different from the different, like like the Judeo-Christian society that influenced our time. Yeah, and the Egyptian culture, not, I don't know if mummification went up to this point, but the Egyptian culture was still around like in ancient Rome. Mm -hmm. Like it was a contemporary of like the ancient Roman culture. Yeah, well, I mean, Cleopatra was a pharaoh. Mm hmm. So like that dynasty was still alive and well during, right. I mean, late Roman, like that that was the d- decline of the uh, Republic, the Roman Republic at that right. time. But then also, I mean, this is where I think they're going to go wrong with it because mm-hmm. they're making a contemporary thing. Right. Which is boring. Absolutely. Everything's contemporary. What's interesting is like the French and British colonialism that mm-hmm. t- took place. Yeah. And, you know, they took that over Egypt and, like, what happened there. That's yeah. what's really cool and interesting. And that's why the mummy worked. Yeah. well, I Because mean, it, it was that British colonialism. Yeah, aspect. you know, it would be interesting to have, like, Napoleon's troops versus the mummies. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> really cool. And then you also have, like, the Mamluks, which was, like, this other, like, Ottoman Empire kind mm-hmm. of civilization thing happening in Egypt, too, that you could play off of. Yeah. And, and they you know, were, like, these this cast of warrior slaves that were, like, laden. They carried their entire wealth on them at all times with, like, these crazy, intricate, like, swords that were, like, gold and diamond encrusted and stuff. What? That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. They all got wiped out. <laughs> well, point, you would but... too. I mean, they they can't run. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but they could chuck some pretty heavy stuff at you. <laughs> they Did won't... you just hit me with a diamond encrusted <laughs> ninja star? Yeah. Ow! But, but cool. Th- but thank you. But thank you. But <laughs> ow! I'm gonna retreat now. Yeah, I'll see you my later. local pawn shop. <laughs> You win, good sir. I love the uh, Pawn Stars cameo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it would also be cool to have like Roman legions versus mummies. Oh yeah, that that would be pretty cool. Or like, See, like that's what makes the mummy so great. It, uh-huh. It's timeless, and you can you can insert it, you can plug and play it into any sort of civilization you that's want. That's true. You literally anything. Like you <laughs> could have like a lost crusades mission in the Middle Ages that ends up in Egypt. And then they get overrun by by mummies. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's my favorite. I also am intrigued by the creature from the Black Lagoon. Super, I'm super intrigued by this. This is my favorite one. It's um, almost like 
like zombie jaws or something. Well, yeah, or like something very Lovecraftian. It's very like uh, Shadow over Ant's mouth, right? You know, it's like these fishmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could do something really cool, like Lovecraftian, set in like a dank, uh, like a really dank eighteen uh, nineties seaport, New England seaport village. Yeah, uh, and nothing scarier than the sea. That is a fact. <laughs> nothing is scarier. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know they're they're doing it. I don't really know what their what their focus is for this new creature from the Black Lagoon, but I think you could make it really really scary. Like it could basically be like Slenderman in the water, <laughs> you know, um, or something really creepy. You could have like cults and that sort of thing. I mean, I, I I keep going back to Lovecraft, but I feel like this is the most Lovecraftian one. I also left out the Wolfman, who's obviously been done quite a bit, including the uh, remake starring Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Which Teen no? Wolf three. Teen Wolf three. Three Got- spelt T O O. It's very confusing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think you got me sold on that. I, I'm also kind of, I'm also very intrigued by uh, Frankenstein. If you look at it from like a like an 18th century uh, medical experiment experimentation perspective, mm-hmm. like I feel like the whole like uh, like it'd be cool if it's centered around like a couple of grave robbers, and they don't really know what they're getting themselves into, but they've actually fallen upon this like monster. And they're the only ones who know how to save it. It could be a little kooky. That I like. It could also be like some sort of military industrial complex thing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like Frankenstein is that. and Like they build some sort of like super mm-hmm. stealth bomber. Mm-hmm. And it's like unpiloted and it's flying around and they get zapped by lightning and turns evil. Oh, wait, that was the movie Stealth. Oh. With, with Jamie. With uh, Jamie Fox. Fox. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I got confused there for a second. Don't box with the fox. You know I saw that movie in theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know we went to the midnight showing of uh, <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. We sure did. We oh, sure I did. I could not have been more disappointed. <laughs> I that... like walked out. I had no idea what to think about it. Because I, ne- I still to this day have not seen a Predator movie. I know you're going to hate me for this. What? You're going to hate me for this. Oh my god! Yeah, but uh, Predator is so good, Eric. You would love it. <laughs> I guarantee you, you would love it. I'm just I is so like I walked out of that movie and I was like kind of like trying to gauge from you guys. I was like, that was good. <laughs> uh, you don't know. Uh, also, I think Phantom of the Opera could be really cool if they did it the right way. I've never seen the play or anything, so I've not. Well, I mean, no, just throw out the entire musical. The musical has destroyed it. Like, make it a cool thing. It's like Jack the Ripper, but it's Phantom of the Opera. Go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So you have Jack the Ripper, Uh and then uh, he gets zapped by lightning and turns evil. Mm -hmm. Sentient, and he starts flying around and killing people. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wait, I just made stealth again. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, uh, you know. I think that these are all very intriguing. It'll be interesting to see what people do with them because these are like very classic tropes. Um, obviously, we're getting a lot of teenagers becoming werewolves and vampires, but maybe a bunch of teenagers become creatures from the Black Lagoon <laughs> and then fall in love with each other and then bite each other because they created creature from the Black Lagoon babies and each other. No, they half of them become creatures from the Black Lagoon. Half uh-huh. of them become mummies. I love it. And the third become uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yes. The, and the, then they all get zapped by lightning. <laughs> and, oh, damn it! I don't know why this keeps happening. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Well, if you have any ideas of what to do with these classic movie monsters, please email us at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Or please give us a call. We didn't get any calls this week, and we're super sad about it. So please call us, 360-362-0024. Just like Ken Griffey Jr.'s number. That's why I picked that number. Two four. Is that true? I feel like that's probably true. It's completely true. All right. It's one hundred percent true. Uh, it, what? The kid. The kid, man. The kid. Did he, do, did he play with the same number with the Reds? No. Thirty. Oh. Number thirty with the Reds. Number three, I believe, with the White Sox. Number twenty-four with the Mariners. The only the only number that counts. Right. Isn't that Marshawn Lynch's number? Twenty-four. I think so. Wow. Yeah. Same diff. 
Uh, all right, so now it's time to do some trivia. Maybe we're gonna same person. May, probably. Uh, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a little bit of Trivial Pursuit Genus One. I'm gonna roll a twenty sided die to see which category we do first this week, and I'm, I'm gonna roll one uh, six sided die. I'm sorry. Uh, I rolled a one. If I can learn how to speak. So we're doing geography again. All right. Okay, Jesse. This question's for you, listener. Please play along at home. What's the only U.S. state that borders a Canadian territory? Alaska. Yeah, that's an easy one. I'm going to go with Michigan. Alaska. All right, this one's for me. What's the capital of South Dakota? I believe... Okay, so Pierre is the capital of North Dakota. I'm going to go with Sioux Falls. Is it Bismarck? Oh, shit. It's Pierre. Bismarck is the capital of North Dakota. Mm. Well, at least I threw you off. (laughs) Damn it. Ah, all right, Jesse. This one's for you. Which is the only one of the seven wonders of the ancient world still standing? You have the easiest ones. <laughs> well, it could be the uh, the Hanging Gardens of mm-hmm. Babylon, but I think it's the Great Pyramid of Giza. All right, I'm going to go with the Colossus of Rhode Island. <laughs> it is the Great Pyramid of Khufu. Oh, yeah. you know what? I. I I will not take. Dude, you I got will not it. You got it. I will not accept the point for you that. You got it. It's a different pyramid. No, it's not. That's the Great Pyramid at Giza. It's at Giza. It's just a pyramid of Khufu. Oh. Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Well, fine. Uh, and then mine is going to be, where's Little America? Uh, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Great question. Uh, in I'm all gonna... of our little hearts. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think it's in, I actually think it's in, it's in Havana. I think it's in Cuba. I want to say it's in, um... Oh, geez, I'm totally blanking on the name of the country now in Africa. Mm. Liberia. Liberia. I wanted to say Libertania. But... No, very close. Yeah. All right. It's in Antarctica. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Jesse, you win this week, and you also won the roll-off, so you win everything. And that I means win, that... I guess. Yeah, and that means it's your turn to talk. Well, I'm coming back to fan favorited. Is it worse than a punch in the face? Is it worse than a punch in the face? Uh, so this is a, the 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 segment where I talk about the little things that have been happening in the world mm-hmm. of old Jesse Wilson, mm-hmm. and I ask Eric whether these occurrences are better or worse than a punch in the face. So yeah, Eric, absolutely. yep, this has been the big. It's it's been the theme of my week, mm-hmm. in that like this one event has really molded my entire, you know, existence for this last week. Okay. And that is I done up and lost my power cable to my laptop. Oh. Lost it. Yeah. I went I went to go uh to a local watering hole because uh-huh. I wanted to write a uh an application for a scholarship, right? Yeah. And uh so I needed to get out of my house where all the mm-hmm. distractions are. And I didn't lose my power cable in the house or in my car or at that place. <laughs> so you lost it on the road? Somehow I lost it in like – I didn't lose it in my driveway. Uh-huh. I guess I lost it from where I parked and walked to yeah. the bar. Yep. And um, anyway, lost and gone forever, Clementine, mm-hmm. my power cord. Yep. So now I have no laptop. Yeah, and replacement power cords are expensive. They're super expensive, yeah. man. Like you can get a laptop for like three, four hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Replacement power cable is going to cost you like twenty five percent of that. Yeah, I know it's like one hundred and twenty dollars. I didn't realize when I was buying my laptop that twenty five percent of it was the power <laughs> supply. Where are solar powered laptops, people? I'm going to say that's worse than a punch in the face. Yeah, I agree. It's, been there, done been that. It's awful. Rough justice. <laughs> so- Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, I've been living a very low-tech existence lately. Right. It's not bad, honestly. Yeah. I feel like um, I, I might just find a nice cave. Oh, come on. And uh, roll, you know, maybe hibernate in it. So um, <laughs> number two is, so Eric, re- realizing that you're a stereotype. Okay. Is that better or worse than a punch in the face? Tell, Here's what happened to me. Tell me the to story. Me. Tell me the story. I was at work. 
right? It was Monday. Monday was a rainy day. It was cold. It was wet. Mm -hmm. I was wearing my flannel jacket. I'm at right. work brewing an India pale ale. Uh-huh. And it's about two in the afternoon, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee. And I just could not feel like more of a Northwesterner at that moment yeah. were, if were, I tried. Were you wearing flannel? I was wearing flannel. Yep. I was I was for my job, I mm -hmm. was making India Pale Ale. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was drinking coffee. Yeah. I could not have been more What's the what's the facial hair looking like these days? Uh sideburns. Ah. <laughs> what? Worse than a punch in the face. Because of that? Yeah, sideburns tipped it. Okay. Um, I mean, you were you were close, but the sideburns <laughs> are what or what definitely sealed the deal. My coworker today, out of the blue, mm -hmm. asked me, um, "Have you ever noticed that there's a connection between gingers and sideburns and mutton chops?" Oh yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's true. It's like the only people who have mutton chops are gingers. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, like. What? <laughs> I mean, I am I am part of this, and I don't well, even know I why. Think it's, I think it's Irish because, like, if you look at the little fighting Irish guy from Notre Dame, he's got sideburns, but he has black hair. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more the Irish influence. It's just the Irishness, right? That's right. kind of what I was thinking. Yep. I I, I am inclined to believe that the 19th century was the high water mark for gingers. Yeah. And it's just a holdover from there. It's true. I mean, you have your breakaways. You have Sean White. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's it. Sean White, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. The classics. The classics. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be becoming a stereotype or realizing you're a stereotype is like, you know, it's like I told you, like, I didn't realize when I was in high school that I was a nerd, even though the only school activities I was participating in was drama club, band, jazz choir, and knowledge bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, and 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 I spent my weekends drinking Mountain Dew and playing Halo and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm, a nerd. I'm not a nerd. I'm like a cool nerd, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So get it, getting blasted with that realization yeah. might be worse than a punch. It's in worse the than face. a punch in the face. It's more of a All punch right. in the gut. Number three here. Nope. Um. This is this is something that happened to me this very eve, mm -hmm. and that is getting a giant. A uh, condensed chunk of the flavoring mm. in your bag of potato chips. Uh, you put it in your mouth. I did. I ah. had to, right. It was this chunk, and I honestly couldn't tell if it was a finger or not. Ah, uh. I thought someone might have lost a finger. You thought you hit the, the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn. So, of course, curiosity prevailed, and I bit into it, and uh -huh. it was just pure. <laughs> Potato chip flavoring. Is this a finger? I don't know. I'm gonna have to bite it. <laughs> There's only one way to be There's sure. There's only one way to find out. And uh, unfortunately, it was yeah. only potato chip. What flavoring. kind? What, what's the what kind of flavoring? It is uh, sour cream and cheddar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I probably it, it yeah. was like 400 milligrams of sodium at least. That's like, not something you want concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say so, worse. I'm gonna say worse than a punch in the face. Only right, because it's sour. Only because it's sour cream and cheddar. Yeah. I that's mean, that's my favorite though. Salt and vinegar would also be pretty bad. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if like the vinegar would allow it to coagulate that way though. Yeah. I think the, you're, you're talking. You're talking the chunkier flavorings. You're talking the the nacho cheese. You're talking <laughs> the the bar, even barbecue maybe. Oh, barbecue. Eh, that could be yeah. good. I mean, it's tangy. <laughs> it's, a tangy. <laughs> it's a little tangy. Do you have any more? Uh, the last one yep. is uh, Pandora's sign-in policy. Uh, yep. If you're not signed in and you have a station, and so this just happened to me tonight also. Uh -huh. uh, it was a really cool song. I'm like, oh, what is this song? I haven't heard of it. So I like go over to the Pandora tab, and it's like, oh, wait, you need to sign in real quick uh, or register, and I do that, yeah. so I, I sign in, right? And yep. it's like, okay, we'll take you to your normal stuff. No! And totally, like, it was lost to the ether. It's mm. That song is hanging out somewhere with my power cord, Yep, like high-fiving each other. 
like he will never know. That is a very annoying thing. I hate it when this is this is I, I'm gonna say this is akin to Apple's so I have a I have a Mac that I use for work. And if you have iTunes muted and you have your headphones in, and then you unplug your headphones, all of a sudden iTunes isn't muted anymore. <laughs> which is great in an office. You're sitting there, you're listening to your flow rider, I cry. It's my October uh, jam. I'm listening to it. Uh put it on mute, unplug my headphones, all of a sudden everyone in the building knows what I'm listening to. <laughs> I don't know what person at Apple was like, "Well, yeah, if it's muted and you unplug your headphones, you're obviously going to want the speakers to start blaring." <laughs> right? Yeah, obviously. All of this like remedial step like unintuitive technology is worse than a punch in the face. Okay, yes. let's get four for four. Wow, my my face is bruised up this week. It's bruised, man. It is very bruised. All right, um, my uh, my second topic this week. We're gonna quickly touch on it here. It stems from a uh, over on the r slash board games Reddit. Great little Reddit community. Love to uh, chat it up about board games. Um, and this was a question that was posed. What themes are underutilized? It says, I'm curious what themes do you feel aren't being used that often and could be made into some great games? Lately, I feel like due to Kickstarter, zombie games have gone overkill. I always like the idea of pirate games, but there don't seem to be many good ones that really involve the theme very well. So I was curious what you think would uh, be a good theme for some great games. And I just threw in my two cents. I think I might have been drunk when I when I posted this. But guess I what? Do that all the time. Top comment, baby. Nice. Top comment on the thread. I just dropped a bomb. It's called World War One. Mm. Yeah, a lot of World War Two board games. No World War One board games. There. Well, there are some. There are some. We got. We, I got a few call outs actually. There's uh, diplomacy and wings of war. Oh, uh, both are turds on ice. Paths of Glory. I actually haven't played Diplomacy. I, I hear it's good. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's this guy named Ted Ricer who only makes exclusively makes World War One games. Um, but I I think that there's a lot of cool things about World War One. First of all, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That was a cool war. No, I, I think that there are a bunch of interest. I'll say there are a bunch of interesting things about World War One. <laughs> First of all, airplanes were invented ten years before World War One started, and they were basically when they were invented were giant kites that you could get in. <laughs> ten years later, they are fighting. They're dogfighting in these remedial technology planes. It's true, Eric. I love that point. I never really thought about that. And you you brought that up to me, mm-hmm. like how insanely fast aircraft technology yeah. weaponized itself. Yeah. Especially to the point of World War Two, where like, yeah, I mean, that's that's only 30 years later mm-hmm. and 25 years later. And that won the that technology won the war. Yeah. It's I mean, insane. It's crazy. Aircraft technology. So that's crazy. Uh Trench warfare is crazy. They had horses. They used horses in World War One. Yeah. Also, the introduction of the tank as a weapon, yep. World War One. Yep. Um, and also they were still using bayonets and shit. Like just yeah. crazy stuff. It's basically like Napoleon's army meets steampunk. That's what World War One was. Yeah. That I mean, like historians have called it like the fiery crucible that forged Mm -hmm. the 20th century like yeah when when you look at like going into world war one how fucking naive everyone was yeah and coming out of world war one it was the empire killer like the Uh romanov empire in russia was gone the the kaisers in germany were gone the Austro hungarian empire was gone like these institutions that have been hundreds of years old, like back to the Middle Ages, got destroyed during it. And like it was something humanity had never seen before. And the world would never, ever be different after World War One. That's true. It, I mean, like our world that we live in right mm-hmm. now was born <laughs> yeah. in World War One. We came, we came out of it a screaming baby. <laughs> well, because guess what? Also, 
uh, World War One, Hitler wouldn't have risen to power if it weren't for World War One. Like, yeah, that's true. You could easily make the argument that World War Two would have never happened if it weren't for World War One. No, I mean that's how every World War Two history course begins. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just like the crazy. That's why it's stuff. a sequel. And you know, there's also another thread on here on the board game Reddit that talks about um, what what mechanics do you really like in a board game? Like, what do you love in a board game and what do you hate in a board game? You know me, Eric. I yeah. love a good auction game. Oh yeah, I know. I know that. Like, I, I know that this. And actually, that was like the number one hate was was auctions. Which really? I love auctions. I think that auctions are great. Oh my god! Um, I'm gonna buy you modern modern art for your wedding. <laughs> yes. Wedding gift. Thank you. Uh, but I, you know, I was thinking about things that I really like. I love, uh, I love skills, adding skills to players and like building them up RPG style. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love resource management, the, the like classic Euro style trope, where right. you have you have certain resources. You need to decide which resources you need to win the game, and everybody has the same pool of resources, right? Um, so I was trying to think. It's like, well, if there isn't a World War One game, and what are the what are the mechanics that we really like? Maybe we could put together a skeleton of a great World War One game. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. You know what I like as a mechanic? What? It's probably my favorite mechanic. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love Magic the Gathering so much. Uh-huh. Deck building. Yeah, but do you like living card games? Or do you like uh, trading card games? Obviously, I like living card games. You Really? Yeah. You like Dominion? Yeah. The, I mean, living card games are magic without the bullshit of not knowing what you're buying when you buy it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Living card games, I'm just not a big... Like, I... I think Dominion's a little bit of an overrated game, in my opinion. I think that people a really love it. A living card game is like if every time a magic card set came out, you spent thirty bucks and got a play set of every card. Yeah, which is awesome. That's way better than having to buy booster packs and not knowing well, what you're gonna get. Yeah. You have to go online. I, you know, I just if buy the cards individually. You really want. You just buy the cards individually, and then there's such a. I mean, there's over a thousand magic cards. Like you can build a bunch of different decks that work together in a bunch of different ways. Right, but I yeah. mean that's that's kind of a moot argument because yeah. we're circumventing their distribution mm-hmm. to make it more like a living card. Game. <laughs> that's actually true. Um. So okay. So I I actually I love deck building too. I've really gotten into <laughs> deck building, especially with Ravnica. For some reason, that like sparked a fire. Probably Dude, because Ravnica I had my such a good set. I had I had my first uh, I had my first successful draft. I like actually drafted a deck that I like, and I feel like yeah. that was a big moment in my life. <laughs> Dude, my Ravnica deck from your bachelor party, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I actually su- supplement. I got a, I got a couple boosters and I supplemented it. Um, oh, see, that's cheating. Yeah, whatever. Um, so okay, so maybe like if we like resource management, we like car- deck building. I always like the idea of being able to have a strategic uh, war game, like you know, a risk or axis and allies type game, where you you attack in certain formations, but then you actually play out the battles. Uh, so more tactical. Yeah, more tactical. So it would be cool maybe if you had a World War One game where each person played as a different army from a different country, and then you tactically try to take over Europe, but uh, each deck is a living card deck which with a themed uh with a themed deck so like you know you'd only have like the kaiser tanks in the german deck right and then you you have to build the deck um and then you have to play out the battles uh pvp it'd be interesting if you could do some kind of uh like round robin uh battle fighting almost more like i like the idea of like when it came down to the battles Uh like you have the strategical map right and you have your you have like deck A in like Poland and mm-hmm. you have deck B like and your your resource management is like what cards do you put in each deck yeah. in each geographical region. Yeah. And then when it comes down going head to head, deck versus deck, say mm-hmm. like Russia comes in with a uh, with their deck, then you flip them over or not flip them over, but like you, you zoom in uh-huh. and then it's kind of like a Battle for Hill 218 right, thing where right. like those cards have different maneuvers yeah. and you're doing like a that battle is like determined by maneuvers which mm-hmm. are determined by the cards in your deck which is determined by your 
grand or overall strategy. I love this idea. That'd be kind of neat. And you have to have factories that build the cards. Because I right. love that mechanic in Axis and Allies, where you actually have to like allocate resources to build the troops. Right. All right. Cool. Well, I think I think we're on to something here. Let's keep noodling. Let's noodle on it. And if you have any suggestions, listener, please uh, reach us at personalargutsatchima dot com. Uh, otherwise, you can get in touch with us. You can uh, follow us at Personal Podcast. Like I said, you can give us a call. Please call us. We love it when you call us. Leave us a voicemail at three six zero. 3620024 we'll play it on the cast you can rate and review us on iTunes you can find us on Facebook uh uh we're on the bald move page we also have our own personal arrogance page we'll post on both um and uh and i think that's it is that is that all the ways to get in touch with us yeah um if if you haven't written rated and reviewed us on mm-hmm. iTunes please do that I, that's like my favorite thing in the world it's really cool we love that uh you'll make me happy especially if, you if you're in Europe be be number 2 <laughs> um but i be I, number 2 i also got to give i got to give a shout out to a couple of our facebook uh people diana redblue she said that uh that uh, our cast made her made her day and that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said about us uh and then also nick walsh uh, he says that when he's 80, he wants to be able to vote either to A, repay years of kindness by my children and grandchildren by going to their preferred candidates, or B, stick it to them for putting me in a home. So I think that's pretty I, I good. I like option B. Yeah. Uh, and we got to thank Aaron Pittman. We got to thank uh, Daniel Wesley Boston, Mike Warner. Uh, we got There's just a bunch of people blowing up our Facebook page, and we love y'all. So thank yeah, you so much. I really like the discussion about IPAs that happened on there. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's becoming a robust, fun thing to to do. I, right? I I can't believe it. It's like it's like what we wanted to do two years ago, and it's finally happening. <laughs> oh, uh, so happy! All right, so let's let's move on to our recos real quick, and then call it a cast because we're running a little long in the tooth this week. So Jesse, what's your first reco? Uh, my first recommendation is a music video that you can uh, get on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's from a little artist called Macklemore, and the song is yep. Thrift Shop. Yep, the Thrift Shop. I love that song. Talk That's about like my jam right now. Doing the goodwill, buddy. Yeah, Macklemore's yep. blowing up. He had like the number one album on iTunes, Seattle Rapper. Is he from Seattle? Yeah, he's from Seattle, dude. What? Yeah. I thought it was like British or something. No, he's from Seattle, man. Weird. He had a great song right after Dave Niehaus died about the Mariners that was like awesome. Really? Yeah, that's kind of what that was. That was the first time I heard about him. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's he's blown up, dude. He's becoming like, and he did a, he did an AMA on Reddit that was that was pretty successful. So yeah, wow. go Macklemore, man. Uh, my first record this week is going to be a movie on Netflix that I found uh, just by chance. That is an it's an incredible movie. It's called Norwegian Ninja. Hmm. And it's like a re- it's like an alternate history about this guy who was tried for treason uh, in Norway in the late seventies and for for conspiring with the Soviets and he basically uh, theorizes that he actually was the head of a ninja group that was uh, trying to keep Norway peaceful and out of the hands of both the Allies and the Soviets and that was commissioned by King Olaf himself. So this movie has King Olaf in it. It has this ninja troop that's located on this island in a fjord. There's a lot of animals. There's an underwater motorcycle thing at the very beginning, and they're sub-hunting. It's great stuff. And it's basically all shot like a Steve Zissou episode. It's basically like Life Aquatic if it was just the Steve Zissou stuff. Wow. Norwegian Ninja, huh? Norwegian Ninja, man. It's Norwegian. Watch it. I might have to. I love it. They all, uh, they like enter the scenes by like, by like appearing in a cloud of smoke and then they leave in a cloud of smoke it's it's all great it's very very good so check that one out what's your recommendation dude so my seco is uh american brewing company's baltic porter Mm -hmm. it's a beer get it if you can it won silver Uh at the great american beer festival yeah and craziest freaking thing and like part of why i love my job is after work today, uh, the head brewer Skip from American Brewing Company came in to what? where we work. Say what? And he brought he brought a bottle of the Baltic Porter, and like we all hung out at the bar and drank it, and we drank his Imperial IPA, and we just talked about beer and stuff. It's awesome. Cool, man. Yeah, it's good times. It's legit. 
Uh, and then my recommendation this week is going to be a couple of podcasts. I think I might have already recommended this once, but I got to recommend it again. How did this get made? Starring Paul Shear, uh, another dude who played Rafi on the league, and then this uh, this lady who's in some other stuff that's funny. But they basically go, they talk about each week. They talk about a terrible movie and just kind of go through it about how ridiculous it is, and it's really entertaining, especially if you haven't seen the movie, and then you get this like picture painted in your mind of this movie that is crazy. Uh, so they've done things like Super Mario Brothers, Pluto Nash, Godzilla, uh, Sucker Punch. Like, they just go through all of these terrible movies. Wow, they're taking on, like, real movies. Yeah. Not, and, like, crappy, you know, No, they're, they're not B-movies. Like, I think one of the main things is they want to they wanna take on movies that cost a lot of money to make and were terrible. Yeah. Um, Super Mario Brothers was awesome, though. Super Mario Brothers... Uh, I haven't seen it, but it sounds amazing. I want to watch like, it so bad. I feel like getting on the floor and doing the dinosaur right now. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I think I might just do that. Yeah. Uh, the second podcast I want to talk about is Fantasy Focus uh, with Nate Ravitz and Matthew Berry. It's an ESPN podcast talking about fantasy football. Um, and what makes it so appealing is that I think Nate Ravitz might be the biggest douche ever. <laughs> like, And not in a fun way. He's just a mean guy. And, like, super serious. And then Matthew Barry is also just sounds kind of like kind of an annoyed dude. But right. they both know a lot about fantasy football, which is interesting. The saving grace of this show is this dude named Pod Vader, who's, like, their intern producer guy. <laughs> and he, like, chimes in from time to time and just gets shot down. But everybody loves Pod Vader because he's our related, he's our everyman. Um, well, uh, instead of listening to that, you should listen to the Dave Tamashek football podcast because it's fantastic. But do they give you sound fantasy football advice? I don't care about fantasy football. <sighs> well, you will, sir. Not until you watch Predator <laughs> and Super Mario Brothers. Okay. I'll put that on my list. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for letting us pour another hour of sound into your eardrums. Uh, hopefully it went down as smoothly as it did coming out of our... Uh, this sounds gross. Uh, yeah, that's really that weird, Eric. Super weird. Uh, so, anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to uh, remind you that wherever you go... And whatever you do... Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.